Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR. Kramer. I'm about to monologue, son. Frank the Tank is not coming back, okay? We're going streaky! Yeah! Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, Sports Radio 550. Well, we really got this again, huh? I know, right? Welcome to WGR Sports Radio 550. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri. We're starting your Saturday mornings off here, 9 to 10 a.m. Inside High School Sports comes on 10 to 11. And then Sports Talk Saturday from 11 to 2. And then, as mentioned in the update, Niagara basketball at 3 o'clock against Monmouth. And then the NHL All-Star Game. At 8 o'clock here on WGR. So, a nice little dose of programming here for you today that we are happy to give you. It's weird, though, at the same time with the All-Star game, because it's on a Saturday. Normally, games are on a Sunday. And, like, the skills competition is on a Saturday, whereas this year, it was last night. Yeah, at 9 o'clock. I get it's in San Jose. It's in San Jose. I mean... Can't really. Oh, hey, what a shock. The NHL not doing something I would, quite frankly, be okay with. Well, they do a lot of other things that exactly. you're never okay with. Like, as a matter of fact, the Nashville Predators being the team for the Dallas Stars in the Winter Classic. I'm a little disappointed. Although Nashville was a team that you did want. I'm a little disappointed. To get a winner. It should have been. I feel like it should have been Minnesota. Oh, I mean, Minnesota just would have been better in terms of because we talked. Jersey we've talked potential. about it before. Yeah, with the jerseys and everything. But Nashville's a team that deserves one too. All right. So Jack Eichel not quite as fast as Connor McDavid. What a shame. Point two seconds off. But what a shock. Connor McDavid, fastest skater in the league. I'm not surprised at all any bit whatsoever. No. So a couple things to talk about here: Sabers, Bills. The NFL draft, wanting to laugh at Peter Shirelli. Plenty of things on the docket. 803-0550, to get your takes in here as well as we get going here this morning. The Sabres are back on Tuesday, Frank. And the biggest thing for me is that they literally have a home stretch for what can mean either playoff contention or being a non-factor in the playoff race for the rest of the year. This is literally their home stretch. With seven home games in a row in February, yeah, they're, they're four points out of the wild card second spot. They're five points out of the first spot. And they're seven points out of the third Atlantic spot. All in all, the bye week did not go terribly for them. I mean, it helped, too, that like a lot of teams that are... It helped that, they're, that they're Pittsburgh was contention with teams. Boston yeah. was one of those teams that was sitting out as well. They were also on bye weeks and a lot... And Either other teams played one game. Yeah, it was it was an interesting time to have the bye week for the Sabres, but it didn't really backfire on them. It's not like yeah. a team ripped off a bunch. I mean, Montreal gained ground. They did to get to the third wild cards. I mean, to the third Atlantic spot. But yeah. they're not terribly out of reach. No, it's as still you, there. as you now have games in hand. 
But here it is. That home stretch. The Sabres are 14-6-3 at home. The Sabres have probably their best shot of getting back into this thing playing at home. If they don't get more than four wins on this homestand, are you done with this team? That's the question I'm going to ask. Are you done with this team this season in a playoff chase? If they don't get at minimum four wins in this in this homestand in February. Because that's going to be the big one. Are we going to go by wins or are we just going to go by points? I'm going, right, I'm going right now by wins because they okay. still need tiebreakers and regulation overtime wins. The wins right. column is always the first thing that is a tiebreaker. Right. Always is. Yep. Okay. So wins are important here. They need at least four wins here. And Four, it's not possible be, points. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, you have teams like Chicago and Detroit in there, but most of them are teams that you're going to have to earn some points against. Mm-hmm. You've got Minnesota, you've got Carolina, which is now nipping at your heels. You need This needs to go a lot more positively than it did in the trip to Carolina. You cannot give them a four-point swing night. This cannot happen. If the Sabres fall behind the Hurricanes as well, I'm pretty sure people are just going to go into full-blown panic or just give up on the season. That probably will happen because it's considering what happened last time coming out of the bye week. Again, if that happens, yeah, yeah, if they stumble with this home stretch, it's over. Realistically, based on how well everyone else has played. I feel like there are some teams that are still overachieving, and the Sabres are chief amongst them as well. But it's not like they're alone in all of this. It's not like that they're the only team going ahead and playing above what they should be. The Islanders should not be first in the Metropolitan. I don't I don't know how coaching. Yeah. I mean they were a defensive travesty last year and now they have a Vezina candidate in Robin Leonard. I said that right. I'm not crazy. You, you did. I'm not on any substance there. But the no. coaching is a large reason for that. Not only is goaltending coach Mitch Korn one of the reasons that Leonard has played so well, the Islanders' defense, which was a bunch of pylons pretty much last year, yeah, no, a lot better. have tightened up. Mm-hmm. And Barry Trotz is a main reason for that. The Islanders are a problem. And you're going to have to face them. They're amongst the teams that you need to face in that seven-game stretch. You have to face Winnipeg. That's always scary. You have to face Minnesota, a team that is in a playoff spot out west. They have to earn this. They have to Essentially, they almost have to earn back the trust that was given to them that they gave to the fans this season. Fans bought all in after the 10-game win streak. And unfortunately, they stumbled after that. So it kind of hurts. It hurts fans that they have not really been able to keep up with the pace of everyone else. To be first in the entire league, to falling out of a playoff spot entirely if the season ended today, it's rather astounding. I want to know if it's happened before. And it hurts. I want to... That's something I definitely want to look up is... Teams that were in first place in the league around November, December, where they fared. 
in terms of making the playoffs or not. Because I know, like, there are because te- there are teams every year where they're in content where they're they're in the they're in the playoffs like most of the year, and then they have one bad stretch and they miss because of it. Yeah. Again, I like I know what happened in Dallas last year. They were they should have made the playoffs last year last season, and then Ben Bishop got injured and they missed. Yeah, it is. Again, this is a tough team to gauge. Really, this is a team that isn't easy to go ahead and look at and think, oh, hey, maybe they can pull it all together. The big thing here is that the Sabres need to take advantage of this home stretch because they are one of the worst teams when it comes to in contention for a playoff spot. They are one of the worst teams on the road. Of the teams that would be in this playoff race in the Eastern Conference, there are three teams that have, an, that have a sub-500 record on the road. Boston at 10-10-4. Carolina at 11, 12, and 2, and then the Sabres at 10, 12, and 3. The Sabres have the worst points percentage out of those three that are faltering on the road. And, not surprisingly, Buffalo and Carolina, those are the two teams on the outside looking in, while Boston's only in a wild card spot. All the teams in the playoff conversation are good at home. Montreal probably being the worst one at home. At 14, 10, and 2. Yeah, I don't... You are right on that they have to take advantage of the homestand. Especially with the good home record. But with that but that good home record can really only get you so far. Because they can only play 41 home games a year. But just like the win streak, you got to collect points. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why it's important. Yeah, that's why you take it. That's why you take they advantage of it. They still need to fix the road problem. Yeah, they do. But the good news for that is, well, maybe if you can take care of the home stand and collect points where you can, maybe that can give you a little cushion for another stumble. Maybe that can give you another advantage if you do fix those road woes. But how bad does it hurt that winning streak and now? Having to fight for your life, fight for your lives for the playoffs. Like, how bad does it hurt? Eight hundred three hundred five fifty. You can text in at five fifty five fifty, or you can hit us up on Twitter at wgr five fifty at Derek Kramer wgr or at Frank R Curie. So, again, it hurts. And one of the biggest things that people want to do is they want to make a trade. They want to try to help out with the depth situation. Mm-hmm. It was brought up last night by Joe on the nightcap that. Maybe the Ryan O'Reilly trade backfired this season. Absolutely, it did. And Joe basically said if there was a do-over, maybe he doesn't make that trade. I don't disagree with it for this season alone. However, this still could be a win-win for both teams. Does it hurt trading a bona fide second-line center? Yes, it's showing right now. I think the only reason it hurts is because there's no... No one filling that production exactly. right now. I think they either expected Patrick Berglund to do that until everything that happened, or Casey Middlestat to do that, and he struggled this year. And again, nobody sees those things coming when you make that deal. Yeah. You're obviously hoping that the best-case scenario comes in for all instances. But again, now right now, the biggest thing that fans want to do is they want to make a trade. They want to try to help bolster the middle six. 
And not only do I not suspect that the Sabres won't do it, I am now in the club of I don't think they should. Whatever happens this season happens. Is it going to hurt to have a 10-game winning streak and possibly miss the playoffs altogether? Yes. But do I think that they need to go ahead and sell their soul to try to make a playoff push for trying to get into the second wild card and then get blasted by Tampa Bay in the first round? That's not worth it. I don't think that that's necessarily worth it to give up first-round picks to do that right now. Not with this team, not with this roster. If you disagree, let me hear it. But my big thing is that they have a lot of draft capital and a lot of the ideas that are thrown around are more of off-season deals. The more Absolutely. They're more draft day deals. A lot of a lot of players that fans you see fans tweet and text all the time are guys like Charlie Coyle seems to be the most popular one. Charlie Coyle is probably the most popular one. Is Minnesota really gonna trade Charlie Coyle right now? No. No, they're in a playoff spot. They exactly. But then again, they also just traded Nino Nino Ryder for Victor Rask. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's a little weird, but I mean, the nice Minnesota. thing about a guy like I mean, that, that's like the nice thing about a guy like Charlie Coyle is he can play center and wing. Minnesota is painfully mediocre. Yeah, and they're in the yeah they're in the playoffs right now. <laughs> they're in the third spot in the in central. the central. The central's weird this year. Like it, it's it looks weaker than what it what it should be. It's weaker, but it's probably going to have the most teams in there in the postseason. Probably. I mean, right? Yeah, right now, I mean, it's got five the teams. West, the Western Conference at the bottom for those final three playoff spots, the third central spot, and the two wild cards. A team that you have never thought would be in the conversation over the last couple of years is finally getting back to it in Arizona. Good on you. They have 50 yeah, points. all the injuries that they've had, too. They have 50 points. Good for you guys. Yeah. They're terrible at home. That's true. But my big thing is this. I don't think that the Sabres need to be trading their first-round picks. I don't think they should do it. Yeah. And... My reason for it is they're not in a position to make that that big trade. They're not in a position to make a move for the short term. I feel like they any are. move that. Yeah, I mean, you could say with the, with the pick with the first round picks that they have, you that you can. But most teams in that in the position the Sabers are don't tend to make short term moves. They tend to make long term moves. And as of right now and up until the deadline, there's not going to be any moves available for them in the long term. The only moves that will be available in the long term are ones that, as you said, in the offseason. Yeah, they're not really in-season trades, the ideas that you could have there. Uh, Other names that could be thrown around, by the way, uh, like Andreas Anthony Anthony fast. Mark Stone. I feel like they're... I feel like Ottawa's going to re-sign Matt Duchesne. That would be the big ticket that I don't think that the Sabres would even come close to going after. Yeah. You know, the Flyers might be an interesting team. Wayne Simmons, a lot of people would love to have a guy like Wayne Simmons. I would love to have Wayne Simmons. But, I would love to have a guy like Wayne Simmons. But the problem is everyone else in the league loves him too. Mm-hmm. And, and once again, and these that's going to drive the price up. And then once, Good. A, once again, these are all short-term trades. Jimmy Hayes. Uh, no, Kevin Hayes. Oh, Kevin Hayes. I got the wrong Hayes. Kevin Hayes and the Rangers. That would be another player that teams would be interested in. We're still talking short term. Again, a lot of teams are interested all in these, these guys, things, and these are names that have been brought up. Yep, all all these guys that you that you mentioned, except for 
Anthonisiu are UFAs at the end of the year. Wayne Simmons, Kevin Hayes, Anthonisiu is an RFA, so I mean he's still a free agent. Uh, Char- I mean Charlie Coyle is the only one who's under contract for the next few years. I mean another guy people brought up is Braden Shen from St. Louis. Doubt that's doubt that would happen too. That'd be the closest to that like perfect short term, long term kind of trade because he is still under contract for next year. But even then, I it's really hard to see that happening because St. Louis has been playing pretty well as of late and they're kind of they've kind of put themselves back in the playoff picture. Now, so th- of- I don't think that so that all that talk of St. Louis blowing it up might not even happen. The interesting thing here, though, is that there are several of those players, though, that while they are on expiring deals, they are younger players. Stone, 26. Hayes, 26. Those are guys that you can go ahead and make an interesting push for. 26 to 27-year-olds are going to be UFAs. Yeah. So that's where we're at. It's not like they're terribly aged. You can go ahead and try to give them a, a mid-contract that's not going to go ahead and be seven, eight years. Jeff Skinner's getting that. I think because you have Jeff Skinner already, you're not going to make that kind of move for a Mark Stone or a Wayne Simmons or a Kevin Hayes. Because you've already got, you still have to deal with Jeff Skinner. You got that's number That's priority number one for the team right now, is re-signing him. Derek Broussard's another one that's a rental on the market that could be an interesting get. Yeah. The 30-year-old would be an interesting little, at this point in Buffalo, would probably be the second-line center. It just I feel like it hurt, though, overall, that you got nothing from Vladimir Saboka, Patrick Berglund. You really got nothing in terms of offensive production from them. And again, with Berglund, it, it hurt that you didn't, get a guy who was fully there. He wasn't fully engaged because of the fact that the trade hit him harder than he thought it would. And sometimes players take trades the wrong way, and that's unfortunately what happened to Buffalo here in this case. Is it tough? Yeah. Are we going to have to deal with it? Yeah. Oh, well. Carry on. Yeah, that's that's the business. But you need more from the players that are on this roster that you expect to do something. Like a Connor Sherry you traded to try to get depth on your wingers. You need some more from Casey Middlestat. Tage Thompson has been up and down. A very streaky player, too. The youth needs to take the next step, and it's just really... It hurts to see this team on a 10-game winning streak now out of the playoffs. And you need to see this team really crush it at home in February. If you pick up points, then you're back in the conversation. If you don't, well, this season's done. Maybe some fans want to see that because then they want to see like Victor Olofsson or William Nylander or CJ Smith more in the lineup. But we spoke with uh, Joe Yurden over on the podcast on Thursday, and he had said, if you're going to make a call-up, the Sabres' plan is that they don't plan on sending them down for the rest of the year. Yeah. And I don't think any of those players are ready for that right now. Yeah, I, I think I think Joe was definitely spot on with that. You look at what Pittsburgh has done 
over the last couple of years as well when Batra was there with the guys they called up. Did they get sent back down? Very rarely. When Connor Sherry got called up, he stayed. When Brian Russ got called up, he stayed. When Jake Gensel got called up, he went down and then but then he got called up again and he stayed. And became a first liner and now is Sidney Crosby. Yeah. And now got a sexy new contract out of it too. It's gonna be interesting. So you're seeing Jason Bottrell is bringing that mentality over from Pittsburgh. You're, you've seen it already. And now at the, now even something as simple as calling up players, you're seeing it now. The only way that the Sabres could turn being in the trade market into something rather interesting is the status of Nathan Beaulieu. He wants playing time. He's not getting it. He's not happy about the fact that he's not getting play, playing time, and I don't blame him. Bullyu, strangely enough, becomes an RFA at the end of the season. Yes. That, to teams, could be a little interesting. That if you trade for him, you don't immediately have to lose him. Yeah. You can tender an offer to him and see what happens within the next year or two. The Sabres might have to end up in the market and making some calls and gauging the interest because... It, like when Casey Nelson gets healthy, the Sabres just have too many cooks in the kitchen. They've already got eight defensemen as it is with Matt Hunwick as well. I mean, Matt Hunwick really doesn't play all that much any, anyway. He's really just there to, there for practice. But that but, said, however, the advanced when stats Casey, when he's played, the advanced stats have been nice to him. When Casey Nelson comes back, now you've got nine defensemen. You've got to move one off. You have to move one off. So... If Nelson comes back before the deadline, I think I do think that the Sabres will look to trade Nathan Beaulieu to give him that chance to play. If if not, however, I don't think they're going to trade him. The only move you can do without having a player snatched up on waivers is send Lawrence Pilot down, and I don't think that's happening. And as we, as we just talked about with sending guys up and down, I don't think they, the Sabres want to as well. And that's the big thing. Pilot had a chance to go back down to Rochester during this bye week. Mm-hmm. They didn't send him. No. That if they, means he's here. Yeah. That means he's here because he would have also, too, if he got sent, sent down, he would have been in the All-Star uh, weekend for the AHL. Yep. So there it is. Lawrence Pilot's here. Yeah. He's here to stay. Which, good for the Sabres. It's a good get. Yeah. A good, cheap little get for the next two years, under a million each season. But the Sabres could turn this into something interesting because of the fact that they might have to be into the trade market based on Nathan Bullion. We'll see what happens. What do you think the Sabres need to do in order to get back on track? 803-0550-1888-552-550. I need to laugh at Peter Shirelli in the next segment. If you feel like doing that, by all means, that as well. UB, getting back on track after losing this past week. How far do they get punished by the polls because... That's what they do to mid-majors. And the Bills. I mean, the Senior Bowl's today, so mine's on the draft. What do you think the Bills could do at pick number nine? What do you think they should do at pick number nine if they can't trade down? Give us a call. Text us at 550-550. You can hit us up. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, starting it off here on Saturday morning right here on WGR. 
Welcome back. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri here on WGR Sports Radio 550, taking you up till 10 o'clock and then inside high school sports, 10 to 11, Sports Talk Saturday, 11 to 2, and then Niagara Basketball, 3 o'clock, NHL All-Star Game at 8. Man, what a rough weekend for sports. At least sports in Buffalo. The, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just the Pro Bowl and it's the All-Star Game. How are you Just watching? Eh. Are you watching the NHL All Star Game tonight? Like, is it appointment television? No, not really. No, I'm gonna have it on, but just to have something on the TV. And the only reason to watch the Pro Bowl tomorrow is for Kyle Williams. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they were a Jarrell Casey injury or non-injury away from having nobody there for the Bills. Which, at that point, why would anyone in Buffalo watch it? Because then they don't even have a player to take a look at. Mm-hmm. And now you have, well, Kyle Williams' last game in a football uniform. So that's something that might be a little more important to watch, I guess, than the, All- than the NHL All-Star game. Which one's more important, the Pro Bowl or the All-Star game in the NHL? I would say the Pro Bowl is. Yes, I just had a short conversation about which All-Star game is more important. That's how much I need the Sabres back. That is how much a loss back on Tuesday hurts for UB basketball. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think that the, oh. poll, the polls are really going to kick their butt down the Oh my god, yeah. down the rankings. Oh yeah. They're they've been clawing to get up to 14. Despite their only loss coming to Marquette, a team that is also nationally ranked. Like, right with them. Right with them. And the only reason Marquette won the game was because... They had unconscious shooting from a player. Yeah, the best player in the country right now. It just... They're finding ways to punish UB or any mid-major because that's how the polls work. That's how they do mm-hmm. it. They, have, they like name recognition. And Buffalo is not a name recognition in college. It's not. I'm guessing that they get knocked down probably to 23. Yeah. I feel like they're going to get kicked heavily by this. Because they got kicked down that far when they lost to Marquette. They were almost out of the top 25 for losing to Marquette. Let alone losing to a MAC team. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And it Definitely. happens. I mean, nobody rolls through. Like it's tough to roll through an entire college basketball season unbeaten. It's not an easy thing to do. No, you we saw it out of. Uh, you see, number ones lose all the time. Yeah, we saw it out of uh, Wichita State a few years ago. Yeah, but when it came to the tournament, they were out. I think in the second round. Yeah, and I'm here for I'm here for the longevity of the season. I'm not here for. I'm not, I don't need to be here for an unbeaten season. But I do want the respect to be put on their name. So I wonder what's going to happen there with them in the playoff, in the in the polls and see how far they get pushed down. I feel like the pollsters will find a very convenient way to knock them down quite a bit on this one. Oh, they lost to a team in the MAC, which is such a weak conference. <sighs> well, that's going to be unfortunate. We'll see what happens there with UB. UB women in action today as well, by the way, 2 o'clock tip-off over at Alumni Arena. So go check them out. 
They're still in first in the MAC East. They'd like to keep it that way against Northern Illinois, 2 o'clock. Or you can listen on ESPN 1520 if, uh, if the snow is too much for you. Which, for some people this morning, it was, it was quite a bit. Yeah. Depending, last, depending last on where you as live. Well. Depending on where you live. I can see pavement here outside of our studios, which is awfully refreshing. Wasn't that way last night. No, it wasn't, but still. I left my, I left my other job at right at 10. Whew, it was a truck oh, getting home. Yeah. It was a truck getting home from the nightcap here last night. You can only imagine how much more difficult it was for those in the South Towns because mm-hmm. you know, I only have to go halfway from there to the South Towns, and I can only imagine how interesting it was for Joe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, So definitely. if you're out there, obviously drive safe. And my one pet peeve, knock all your snow off your car, please. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that guy. The one who, le- the one who leaves. Snow on top of the car? Not, not even on top, on like the back back windshield. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Because then you don't see anything. You can't see out, out the back. That makes you, that just makes You've you You've only dumb. got, you really only have your. Uh, You're willfully dumb at that yeah. point. Your side mirrors are the only thing you can see behind I don't, you. I don't, I don't like you at that point. If you're that guy. That's the worst. Or girl. It's 2019. Mm-hmm. But if you're that person, I don't like you. So now you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Sabres, their homestand, it's important. What do you think they need to do? Should they make a trade? I'm not in that camp anymore uh, with the first-round picks. I want to just keep them. I want to hang on to them. I want to see what they can do, what kind of magic can be worked leading up to the draft. With off-season deals, I want to see more of what Botchel can do trying to fleece a GM into taking a 30-goal scorer and giving them only a couple of day-two picks and a mid-level prospect in Cliff Poo. I would love to see more of that fleecing going on. Yeah. And in deadline, that's the sort of thing that doesn't happen. The market's more intense. It's always it's always more intense. You're always going to see teams overpay to get something that they really want, especially with a team that desperately needs it. I will say, though, I've been impressed with a lot of what Bottrell has done in his short time. Yeah. Everyone knew the man was looking for a first-round pick for Evander Kane, and nobody was really offering it, and he eventually got it. It was a sweated-out process, but he got it. You see him trade a conditional fourth for Connor Sherry. That could be a third. But it, and I that mean, would depend on Sherry's production and if it becomes worth a third. Jeff Skinner, the dividends have already paid off. Mm-hmm. The guy is routinely a 30-goal scorer in the NHL. He's already hit 30 at the All-Star break. Got a good haul for Ryan O'Reilly. You got a good haul for Ryan O'Reilly that needs to be developed properly. Yes. So I don't know if I could call it a good haul yet. You got you got a number of things. You got a first round pick. You've got Tage Thompson. Those are the two things that you that concern really yourself. Those are the only two things you concern yourself with at this point. Yeah. Everything else is irrelevant. Vladimir Saboka is just so uncreative. The guy cannot do anything in the offensive zone. And the Sabres have that. They have like two of that. In Zemgus Girgensons and Johan Larson. So now they have three of that with Vladimir Saboka. Defensively responsible centers that 
really should be playing fourth line because they don't really create much offensively. In Larson's case, at least, he can help control puck possession on that fourth line. Yeah. And waste a shift for another team with him and Gergensen's. But Saboka just, the man's getting second line minutes, and it's, <laughs> it's not being good offensively at all. Part of that is Casey Middlestat not taking that step that we all thought he would. And it hurts. I did get an interesting tweet, though, here um, from Stephen Shaw. At Stephen Shaw 91, thanks for this. Uh, thoughts on a Jesse Puyarvi for Alex Nylander swap? I see that as an interesting idea. Both are guys on entry-level deals. Both are guys that haven't really cracked the lineup on a full-time basis. Both might benefit from a change of scenery a la Domi Galchenyuk. I see where you're where you're going at. As especially, former first-round picks. I see, like I said, I see where you're going at with comparing it to Galchenyuk and Domi. My, my issue is... Both of those guys have at least produced, though. And they and their age. Both are still in their mid-20s. Domi's, I think, 24. I think Galchenyuk's 25. And we're talking about Nylander and Puyarvi, who are both 20. I, I think it's still... I think it'd be too early for something like that. But it's definitely interesting. And... We're seeing both prospects are very similar since they've been drafted. And they're both kind of going down that same route where both the Sabres and Oilers haven't really been giving them a lot of time to truly develop. Edmonton had Puyarvi on their starting roster when in his rookie year. He played in the first game. He, and then he got, he's been up and but he's been up and down ever since. And Puyarvi right now, since he's been in the NHL, has been he's not producing at the NHL level, but he's been playing pretty well at the AHL level. So right there, that tells me that they should have been keep start. They should have started him at the a, in in the AHL at 18 years old, and let him develop and simmer down there until he was ready, which. Likely would have been at some, probably if, if they did that, could have been at some point last season or this year. And they got a completely different winger out of that. And who knows where they'd be if this year, if they were to have made, made that kind of move. And for Alex Nylander, I'm still on the realm that they should have, that they should have never sent him to Rochester at 18 years old. In his rookie year, in uh, in 2016, they should have loaned him back to Mississauga in the OHL because he had a really good year the year his draft year. He had like 77 points in I think 60 something games. Let him have another one of those kind of years, and then at 19, he might he might be ready for the AHL at that time. We'll there see. was no way he was NHL ready, though. There's no way. And, I mean, him not being in NHL now is really not all that surprising. But with, all, with the talk of him, you know, especially with how he played his first two years compared to this year, you just saw that he just wasn't ready for that game. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I mean, I'm not ready to give up Alex Nealander yet. I thought that was an interesting tweet, though. It it is interesting, though. I I will I will give I will give Stephen Shaw that. I will give him that. All right. So thanks for the tweet, Stephen. All right, moving on. The Senior Bowls today. I'm a draft nerd. I'm watching it. I'm watching this before I would watch the All Star Game or the Pro Bowl. Is it because it would have to do with the future of the Bills? Yes. The Bills are very heavy into the Senior Bowl over these last two seasons with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean at the helm. Ten players on their roster are Senior Bowl alums from the past two seasons alone. They drafted nine of them. Well, they've drafted nine. They added two as undrafted free agents in Connor McDermott and Levi Wallace. The draft pick that was released, we all know, of Nathan Peterman. They've drafted nine. They've got ten. So they're going to have a lot of stock in this in this senior bowl here today. You know who's really looked pretty tight though? Someone that I mentioned in a what to players to watch for article, Debo Samuel from South Carolina, the receiver. He has been putting on a clinic of route running and separation skills mm-hmm. that this team would kill for. That man knows how to run crisp routes. Mm-hmm. And I love how well he has performed throughout the week. I'm excited to see what Samuel can do in some game action with some contact and everything of the sort. And I kind of selfishly hoping that all these quarterbacks can try to light it up as well. Because maybe that means that the Bills can have a trade-down opportunity. And that does not mean just at pick nine. I mean, it's a real stretch to think that two of these quarterbacks are even worthy of being in the first round, let alone the top ten. Outside of Dwayne Haskins and maybe Drew Locke, maybe, there really isn't a quarterback worth a damn taking in the top ten. I feel like Locke is the only other player other than Haskins that should go in the first round altogether. It's a really relatively weak quarterback class, especially with what we were spoiled with last year. I am so happy we got one last year. Oh, yeah. Even though it was the one that I didn't want throughout the process. (laughs) He changed my mind. I'm cool. Yep. While you would like to hope that other teams want to have an over-reliance on drafting a quarterback after what happened this past season with all those rookies showing promise, I'm not banking on it. What I would like to see, though, is if there's trade-down opportunities in round two. Yeah. But that I, is where you can make some magic. I would also go. I would also go on. I want to see one of the quarterbacks in this year's class kind of build some hype on himself and get a team like Jacksonville or I don't. I don't know any any team that needs a quarterback really who's the below Giants? the Bills. Well, who's below, oh, the, below Bills the Bills will trade up. Miami, no. Maybe? No, I feel like Miami's going to put this season in the tank. Yeah, probably. They're probably just going to blow it up this year, wait to draft a quarterback the next year, deal with Tannehill for one more season. Jacksonville seems like... Then the new coach well, gets his quarterback. Yeah. But I, I, I'd like to see a team who needs a quarterback that's below Buffalo in the draft. You know, above 10, pick 10, obviously. Need, who, who says, we need to trade up to get that guy. Buffalo's like, hey, we have pick nine. We'll see what happens there. I, I'm very interested in what happens with the Senior Bowl. I would like to see what happens. I'm paying attention to the receivers a lot this afternoon. That starts at 1230, by the way. So, And I think it's on NFL Network. So 
check that out if you uh, have time today while you're uh, in between shoveling. 8030551888552550 for the last call as it's Derek Kramer and Frank Arcuri here on WGR. I can't read, apparently. What'd you do? Well, the Senior Bowl starts at 2.30, by the way. 2.30, not 12.30. Ah. I don't know where I saw the one. I think I mixed it up with timelines, time zones or something. Probably. Because it was listed as central time, and I think I went the wrong way. Oh, Nice job, me. I can't do math. Wait, Central Time's only an hour difference. I know, and I went the wrong way on the clock. That's where my state my mistake was. So the senior bowl's at two thirty Eastern. Eastern. I thought when where it said one thirty Central, I'm like, oh, that means twelve th- no, I'm an oh, idiot. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. No, no I'm okay. an idiot. Okay. That's what it was. So thank you to the texture that helped me out with that one, because I can't do time zones apparently. So there's that. Derek Kramer, who can't do math, Frank R. Carey here. Thank you for listening. As we've got you taken up to 10 o'clock with Inside High School Sports, Tony Calagiri coming in after this mini little segment here. The Senior Bowl, by the way. I'm going to do a bit of a recap. I'm going to have that up this weekend after the game today. Here's some of the highlights. The quarterbacks, like I said, outside of Drew Locke, really no first-round considerations. However, I did forget to mention someone. Tyree Jackson. Yeah. Tyree Jackson had himself, I would say, a decent week. It wasn't amazing, but he wasn't terrible. One of my favorites, by the way, um, dating back to last year, was Will Greer from West Virginia. He was bad. And he was supposed to be one of those guys that could have a chance to put himself in a conversation for round two, round one. No, not even close. Dukes, Daniel Jones, same thing. Both of those guys flatlined that chance and opportunity. Those guys were just not good. The quarterback class is just, it's meh. It's it's not even meh. I think it's just bad. So don't get your hopes up on teams trying to trade up for a quarterback into the top 10 this year. Darn it. What can I say, dude? It's not the same thing. You can't help it. Not every draft class is 2018. No, it's not. We're... Actually, all five of them look relatively solid, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Rosen probably had the most problems because Arizona has the most problems. Yeah. They got the number you know one the pick interesting for a reason. Th- there's something interesting, though, now that I think about it. What's that? Only two quarterbacks out of the five taken are going to have the same head coach that they started last year with. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. They have the yeah. same coaching staff. Yeah. Arizona's brand new. Yep. Entire staff after one season. Mm-hmm. The Jets. Everyone knew Todd Bowles was getting fired. Yep. Adam Gase comes in. And then Baker Cleveland. Mayfield, yeah. Baker Mayfield started off with Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, and they end with Freddie Kitchens. At least that's the same for him. Yep. Is that he gets the coordinator that he worked with for the second half of the season. 
So nice job, Bills. Giving probably what would be the second most solidified continuity of a coaching staff. Because, I mean, John Harbaugh's been around forever now for the Ravens, and he just got a contract extension. He just got too. a contract extension, too. So. so he's definitely not going anywhere for a little bit. No. Whereas with Sean McDermott, if the team falters under Allen, well, we might be having questions at this point. Um, at this point next year, if they are not good or they're not even like in a playoff contention sort of thing, we might have to have a talk. I hope not. Thanks for listening. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri. We'll take you into Inside High School Sports coming up next right here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 